Coming up, not only does Nightmares on the Rogue have a new building this year, they added another haunt 25 minutes away. We'll learn all about it. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 18 of our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunted house every day here on the show. Today is Sunday, September 18th, and there are only 43 days until Halloween. In this year's Hauntathon, of course, we have daily videos and even exclusive fan events. Links to everything are in the show notes. Today, Nightmares on the Rogue Haunted Mines is a relatively new haunt in Medford, Oregon. And for reference, that's about halfway between Portland and San Francisco. And after only a few years, they've moved into a new building and added another location 25 minutes away. We'll hear from owner Devin Price about why he plunged full speed into professional haunting and why he's so dedicated to immersive storytelling in a small community. Here's Devin. My name is Devin Price, and I am the creative director and owner of Nightmares on the Rogue, which is Nightmares on the Rogue Haunted Mines in Medford, Oregon, and Carnival of Chaos in Eagle Point, Oregon. We are a organization that puts on two haunted attractions in Southern Oregon, about 25 minutes apart. We really lean into the immersive storytelling aspect of haunted attractions. We are relatively new to the area. We started doing fall fundraising at our youth center. And once we had to close that down due to the pandemic, we realized there was a demand in our market and something I've wanted to do my entire life. And so now we are tackling it at a quote unquote pro level, but really just creating two very different experiences for people in Northern California and Southern Oregon. Tell me what guests can experience from each attraction. So Nightmares on the Rogue Haunted Mines, we really wanted to bring in a cohesive theme. We really lean into the storytelling aspect of haunted attractions. That's kind of where we find our niche. We kind of tell ourselves if if Indiana Jones was a horror movie, that's who we are. So what guests can expect is you are entering an abandoned mine shaft that is now opened up for tours. A company called Rogue Mining Co. is bringing you in. And so as a guest, you're going down there. And once you get to the bottom of the mine shaft, uh, the whole the whole event is underground. Once you get to the entrance of that, you realize that something's gone horribly wrong. And so um, we take you through different nightmares that have taken over the mine shaft. And so that the whole story has a cohesive um, theme around it, but then we're able to change different miniature stories within the mine shaft. This year you get to go into the first room. So there was a miner who owned the Rogue Mining Co. And he was so obsessed with mining that he made himself, his daughter and his wife live in the mines. And so you get to enter his daughter's room and there was a horrible explosion with TNT and it trapped the daughter in there. And so she actually now is the one who's haunting the mines and harvesting all of the nightmares from Southern Oregon and putting them into this mine shaft. So once you go into that first showroom, all of the miners in there don't know anything's wrong. You, you later find out without giving too much away that all the miners are dead, but they think they're alive. And so the miners are the ones who push the narrative moving forward. And so they're kind of interacting with everything going on just as the guests would be. And so once you get past that first story room where you get to to hear the story of the miner's daughter, you go into our rules room and then that miner kind of lays down the rules and tells you kind of, okay, you're going to these different mine shafts. We don't know what's going on. These creatures are coming out of nowhere and good luck kind of. And so there's, along with the mine, there's two different stories within two smaller stories that we call them different mine shafts that you enter. 
And so just to clarify, it is a like an indoor linear walking experience. You just you have different mind shafts. You could go down. There's like story channels. Correct. So it's a linear indoor experience. Nightmares on the Rogue Haunted Minds. The first story you go into, we call carved. It's kind of my love letter to Halloween, but um, you're going through these scenes of these um, pumpkin people that are rotting through the ground in the mines, and they're trying to take revenge of humans who've been carving their their siblings, kind of the classic, our take on the classic pumpkin tell. And so you you venture into typical haunted house scenes, the, the old mansion where the, the family lived that the pumpkins are taking over. You get to go through the forest, the barn and scarecrow, and then you end it in an actual jack-o'-lantern. So that's our first story. Then you enter back into the mines. And so once you get there, the miners are kind of just as confused of you as what's going on. And that will lead you to some cool, cool sets that you're actually in a mining atmosphere. And then our second story is called Bermuda. And so you're on an old oil ship. It's the USS Cyclops that was disguised as an oil ship, but you find out that they were doing some experiments on the Bermuda Triangle. And so it's a, it's kind of a more nautical themed haunted house. And we have a bunch of cool sea creatures and angler fish and other things attacking you. And then you exit that mine shaft back into the mine and then kind of hopefully brings the whole story together. And let's talk a little bit now about the other side of it, the Carnival of Chaos. Tell me about that. So Carnival of Chaos is located 25 minutes from the mines. There had been a haunted house that has kind of been a staple in Southern Oregon called Circus of Screams. And they approached us and they let us know that they just weren't doing it anymore and asked us if we wanted to use their location for our haunt. Well, we had recently signed a long-term lease at our new location, but after speaking with them, we kind of decided we we had the capacity to run two haunts. So we're actually taking over their space, but their their management team and the former Circus of Scream team is having a big part in the actual production of it. So what Carnival of Chaos is, you're going through an old 1920s carnival and freak show. And so the first half of it's all UV black light, 3D chroma depth paint, and going through these different midways and freak show aspects, a hypnotist, a fortune teller. And then once you get to the end of that section, you realize you've gone through this whole part and there have been no clowns. And Circus mm-hmm. of Screams kind of been iconic for scary clowns. And so you find out the reason that you were brought to this carnival is because the, they've ran out of clowns and they're recruiting you to become <laughs> one. So that you go through an, a vortex tunnel and then you end up on the other side, this old clown asylum hospital. So the second half of the haunt is kind of a build a clown build a bear clown workshop where you're going through just gruesome cotton candy scenes and psychotherapy electric shock therapy where they're recruiting you and to become the clowns in that carnival wow interesting and is this this is the first year that you have done both of them is that correct correct this is our first year taking over that location and then actually the mines is in a brand new location this year too so both locations are new why do you think that the immersive storytelling component is so important? So I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. And when um, I was young, there was a haunt called Rocky Point that really mm-hmm. introduced me into what haunted attractions were. And I was a big film kid. And so Rocky Point was kind of like, on a lot of lists, it's been top 10 overall haunts. And it was literally like you were walking through a movie. You were going through actual film sets that they transported from Hollywood there. So my first viewpoint of haunted attractions were these mega 30, 40,000 square foot facilities. And then 
as as in 2007, the Travel Channel started doing a lot of behind the scene looks at haunted houses and Nightmare mm-hmm. on 13th was featured, Castle of Chaos was mm-hmm. featured. And then mm-hmm. going into my senior year of high school, Fear Factory opened up and I got to do a behind the scenes video tour and kind of a, a review of them during their opening season. And so I really was introduced into haunted attractions with them being these mega large scale events. And so when I moved to Southern Oregon, I saw that there was a whole nother side of haunting, a more localized side, a smaller side, kind of a mom and pop shop that I hadn't necessarily been exposed to in Salt Lake. And so the first thing I did after we did our charity haunt is I went and introduced myself to all of the local haunts and kind of got to learn more about the area and what they've been doing. And we are relatively small to bigger cities, but we still have two hundred fifty to 300,000 people within an hour and a half car ride that that can make it out. Oh, that's so pretty I saw, good. So I yeah. saw there was demand. There were sim- similar markets that were our size was kind of comparable and I saw the success of those haunts. And so one thing that I really wanted to make sure we brought into our product was that immersion, the immersive storytelling, because I am I have a love of haunting because of film and because of those experiences at Rocky Point and Nightmare on 13th and the other haunts in Salt Lake. And so kind of right when we decided we were going to do this that that's the direction we wanted to go. Also, my wife's family is a, a little bit more on the conservative side and they they didn't even really celebrate Halloween. And so I kind of had to to show her what haunted attractions could be. And she kind mm. of said, if we're going to do this, we're going to make sure we're going down a certain lane, which is the one I already wanted to go to because I know there's different types of haunts for different customers, but we're really, yeah. I, I said it earlier, it's kind of if Indiana Jones was a horror film. So we, we really lean into that where we're never going to compromise being scary, but we're going to make it so that all types of immersive adventure lovers can go from a 10-year-old kid to a 30-year-old and 50-year-old, and they all come out with different experiences. So, If I were to summarize everything, it sounds like there were multiple forces working together for the immersive part. You grew up in an area with haunts and watching haunts on TV and also being a fan of storytelling in general. And you kind of combine that with then your wife, you know, wanting to make an experience that's more than I think maybe the, the old, I will call it maybe the traditional haunt where you're conga lining through and you're just being scared. So you kind of want those two things converged. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that a hundred percent explains it. So now going over to the location part you have a new building for Nightmares on the Rogue, but then you also are adding this other haunt. Like we we know that it's basically an opportunity, but how are you kind of avoiding stretching yourselves too thin? Because it's like it is a, on one hand, it's a good opportunity. It's you know to add kind of like a second location, but also the locations are far enough apart so that they they present kind of a logistical challenge for your staff. But then also there's a new building, so there's I feel like there's a lot of like. There's a lot of stuff happening all at once. So talk talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been challenging. We first we really buy into our people. We're the from everything I've gathered, the first haunt in our area that was committed to paying actors and staff as seasonal employees. And so all of the other haunts in the previous years have been more volunteer basis and we really wanted to make sure that we got to a level where we we're able to do that. And it's kind of harder as Oregon is on the higher end for expenses, but 
we thought that that was very important. And so we've gotten a team that's really bought into the system and to what we're doing and which has allowed me to have more confidence in running two locations. The other thing is I wouldn't have been able to take over the Circus of Screams location if the previous owner, Julie, and her team wasn't 100% behind it. So having them there where they're adopting kind of how we do things, but still helping manage that particular event and helping go forward with that has almost been more, even though we've kind of taken it over, it's been more of a collaborative effort. And so that has really made it so that this is possible. And our, our end goal is within the next five years, we would like to get a big property and have multiple haunts on one location. We're providing the type of event that we would want to provide if we were having the budget that we one day want to get, if that makes sense. So my wife and I, for the last two years, have kind of thrown all of our savings into it without really compromising being able to live. And recently I've taken another job as in the nonprofit sector doing events and stuff. And so making it so that we can continue to reinvest profits back into the show so that we can build that infrastructure. When I was okay. younger, I kind of had a, a dream to one day own a top 25 haunt in the United States. And that was from all those travel channel things. And I know we're a long ways away, but that's still something that is super important to me is that I want to deliver the best product I can and to create something special. It's, it's more than just that business aspect. It's that passion project for me. And so even against my wife's wishes, sometimes I really try to put more into the to the company and the organization to, to get it to that level. And we're in an interesting market where there's, it's, it's not very a mature market. It's very different when I, when I'm going to different conventions and learning about different ways, certain haunts market and advertise, it might not necessarily reflect what we do, but there's also so much potential with educating our consumer base, what a haunted attraction can be and what events can be. We have people that spend money just like any other area. Our food cost is probably just as high as, a lot of bigger cities. And so I think that there is a possibility for a medium-sized location like ourselves to to grow and to, to create something special that people here can, can get behind. Tell me about the future. Tell me about where you see the future for both of these attractions going. I would love to get the Scream Park feel where we can have a few attractions, a midway, some food options. We were able to have a midway last year and, and partnered with some food trucks. And we really want to create a, an environment where people can come and they can stay. So similar to what uh, Sir Henry's Haunted Trail is doing in Florida, that wholesome family environment, that's super scary as well. So we're, we're con constantly looking for properties and different zoning options for us to get to that point. I see in a lot of different forums and different things of people aspiring to own a haunted attraction one day. And there's, I just want to say there's a million different ways kind of people People talk about it takes a lot of time, which is true. And the the money aspect, you're not going to become rich overnight, which is true. But I think that there, if, if you're super passionate about something and believe in something and have the right tools and people behind it, that it's definitely doable. You just need to create a plan that fits your market, your area, and your skill sets. And you can make it happen because I can't imagine three years ago thinking that we'd be where we're at now. 
Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com slash demo. That's gantam.com slash demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, and Hauntopic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at HauntedAttractionNetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.